You're listening to Governance 360, a link group podcast hosted by me, Lindsay Dowd. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next link podcast. We're delighted to welcome um, today our head of industry, Jay Baker, and he's joined by our guest speaker, who is Robert Welsh, who's group secretary at Tesco. Robert has over 25 years of experience in this field, which includes governance, board support, risk management, shareholder relations, corporate transactions, insurance and reward. Robert's a member of ICSA's Company Secretaries Forum, GC100, Primary Markets Group of the London Stock Exchange and the CBI Companies Committee. So welcome today, Robert. Thank you. We thought it would be good, actually, if we could kick off um, on the subject of dormant assets. Um, If you could perhaps give us a bit of background on your role as industry champion, but also some background on the issue and what are the what are the particular um, what are the particular problems which are which are emerging right now in this project? I suppose if we go if if we look at the background and how how this all how this all started, it starts with the banks and the building societies, and it starts back in two thousand and eight, sort of over over ten years ago, with the passing of something called the Dormant Bank and Building Societies Accounts Act. And what that effectively allowed the banks and building societies to do was where they had dormant assets or dormant bank accounts, bank accounts which had been there for 15 years and nobody nobody had had any contact with them at all, and where they had then tried to reunite those assets with, with, uh, with, with the holder, they were then able to take those assets and rather than them just sitting, sitting with them, they were able to give them to the reclaim fund. And the Reclaim Fund was specifically set up uh, for this purpose. And what the Reclaim Fund was there to do was really twofold. It was there to pay out reclaims. So if an as- if a holder of a bank account eventually discovered uh, that they had that account, they could go back to the bank and the bank would make a claim on the Reclaim Fund. The Reclaim Fund gives the bank the money plus a little bit of interest. Um, and then the, 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 the individual paid that money. So the individual was not impacted by, by, by this at all. And then the, the second part for the Reclaim Fund was it, it paid money to what's now the National Lottery Community Fund, which then gives that money throughout England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland to good causes. So that's really the start of it. And when, when it was set up, they thought they'd raise about 400 million. As of today, they've raised over 1.2 billion pounds. And of that, 600 million, over 600 million actually, has gone to good causes. Uh, and the remainder's held to actually pay out holders who may come out at some time in the future. And I think the, the issue is, and the, 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 the Reclaims Fund is learning how much of that money it needs to hold. There's a lot of pressure on it to hold as, as little as possible and give as much as possible mm. to good causes while still offering that level of, of, of account protection. And I suppose that the uh, the banks and building sites, this is a constant rolling cycle for them. Mm. So it's not a case of uh, after 15 years, it's a dump of funds into the reclaim fund. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's an annual cycle of now we've reached 15 years for yeah. these, these yeah. Uh, account holders as well. So there's a lot of work going on in the background with the banks and building sites and with the reclaim fund in mm. terms of delivering into, into uh, society for good causes. And I think what happened, the government obviously <clears throat> thought it was going to raise 400 million, raised 1.2 billion. Mm. So this is a good idea. 
And therefore, the government set up a, a, a commission on dormant assets to look at what other asset classes beyond banks and building societies could use this uh, use this uh, forfeiture of forfeiture of, of assets to put them to good good causes. The the commission was set up 2016, reported 2017, and basically the the, the message from the the commission was that. It can be expanded. You can look at further bank and building society accounts, and they could look at ISIS. They could also look at wealth management, insurance, and pensions, and securities was the was the other area mm-hmm. which they thought was 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 worth having a look at. And the government endorsed this approach, but what the government said that it needed to be industry led. The government didn't want to lead it. The government wanted it led by, led by industry. And so in 2018, it appointed four industry champions, one for each of sort of securities, uh, wealth management, banks and building societies. And, and, and they, they approached me uh, in, in, a, in, in a rather indirect way through a voicemail and asked me to, be, uh, to, go, to go and see them. And... Uh, I'd no, I didn't at the time really understand about uh, what was going on with uh, with dormant assets, but was inspired by what they were saying. And I suppose what really, really struck me was the idea that businesses, whether it's whether it's companies holding shares or companies holding pensions or insurance or wealth management, that those dormant assets that they held could be put to good causes and go out there and help society and, in, and, in, and also just helping the reputation of businesses as well at the same time. That's a really interesting um, outlook there, Robert. Thank you for, for sharing that. Interestingly, as you'll recall, the ICSA Registrars Group uh, last year in 2018 surveyed all issuer companies on the Dormant Assets Commission, principally just to raise awareness on what the Dormant Assets Commission was about, um, but also to see some insights from from issuers about what they intend to do in the future regarding outstanding funds, unclaimed dividends, gone away shareholders, that type of thing. With some amazing results coming back, issuers mainly didn't know what was going on, certainly weren't aware of what the future plans were, um, and pretty much all were very interested to hear a lot more about dormant assets. Now, each of the registrars, as part of the registrars group, uh, running their own programs about how they're going to communicate uh, the, the the new structure, if you like, or the new world uh, to, to issuers going forward. And, and we at Link uh, are doing the same. Um, but, but I think we're keen to know what the government are going to do uh, in terms of its publications. Uh, so let's, let's if, if we can, move on to the future. And I know, Lindsay, you had a question on, on that for Robert. Yes, thank you, Jay. Um Really, I, I would be just very interested to understand what is what is the vision of a future dormant assets program, and I think also just looking at what sort of time scale might be associated with this. Um, we're still very close, obviously, to the to the commission having been set up only in two thousand sixteen, but we can obviously see that there's a lot of appetite and support for this around the various industries. So it'd be great to hear a bit more about future plans. I think the the vision the vision for the dormant assets scheme is very much around the idea that 
rather than assets that are dormant. And, and we've spent an awful lot of time thinking about dormancy, and it's an issue which we're still... There's still some grappling going on, indeed, and Jane, is, Jane yeah. knows this very well indeed. And it was one of those issues that I thought would be very simple to deal with, and it's very, uh, actually it's one of the more complex issues that we've dealt with. But where we do have, where we do have dormant assets it does seem to me not to be right that, that or not right that companies sit on those assets. And, and there's two reasons for that. One, from a company perspective, that you don't want to be paying for, paying for assets which are, which, are, which, are, which are dormant and having to administer those assets. And the second point is those assets can be put to good use. And those assets should be being used for society. There's, there are companies out there who are doing share forfeiture exercises at the moment. Uh, Tesco, Tesco has done its own share forfeiture exercise. We, we gave the money to, to good causes. So we've, we've given the money to, we're working with the World Wildlife Fund on reducing the environmental impact of, of a basket of, uh, of goods and also, to, also for a cookery school. So we give surplus food to um, charities. And and what is, that, is that independent? That's independent. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So, uh, and we're just using the money for that for, yeah. for that for that purpose. Other companies use their share forfeiture for general corporate purposes, so it goes back in and helps their balance sheet. That, to me, doesn't seem right. And I think, as it's an individual's an individual's money, it should be used for good causes. And that's what's really driving, driving behind that. And the whole report that we produced back in April, which is a, a blueprint for how securities could, could part of that dormant assets, sets, sets the process in place for how companies can actually take their dormant assets, they can define them, how they can then use, use uh, agencies to track and to trace uh, and try to reunite um, shareholders with their with their shareholdings before it's then passed to the reclaim fund and then used for used for good causes, and that's really the ambition. So the ambition is to take those dormant assets to use them for good causes, and at the same time, offer uh, offer shareholder protection. Yeah, it's a very it's a great point you make about what Tesco's have done and the reference to other companies, which is all very true. One thing the Dormant Assets Commission, of course, will do is put a spotlight on, on these unclaimed assets and what companies can be doing. The Dormant Assets Commission uh, scheme is going to be voluntary, so of course companies can choose to use that or not. But one thing companies will have to do is do something in the future. Um, and you know, whether that's charitable donations or you know, putting it, as you say, into P&L, which is probably not the best use from a shareholder's point of view um, is something that each and every company is going to have to consider. Uh, for us at Link, we're going to be running programs um, to, to identify much better how we can how we can trace those gone away shareholders and actually prevent shareholders from becoming gone away in the first place. That, I think that's the important message that, that, that people need to understand. I think that's really, I think that's really important. I think our definition, which we which we set out in our, our, our blueprint report, actually actually sets out a sort of that that dormancy is defined as sort of twelve years of of, of no contact, yeah, yeah. and there's a couple of triggers in there as well around returning mail and yeah. and and and, and, re, and and dividends that are returned. But I think twelve years is a long time. Mm. 
And I think the earlier that you try to um, track down track down shareholders who have returned mail, the easier it becomes. After Absolutely. 12 years, they might have moved address two or three times. Exactly. Whereas if you've got a piece of return mail or a dividend dividends return, if at that point you take the opportunity to try to try to find that that that, that shareholder, that's a far easier task than leaving it. Yeah, uh, I agree. Most most tracing agencies are are not fully forensic. Mm. Um, so the task, as you say, becomes much harder the longer you leave it, mm. uh, which is why I think registrars are looking at trying to prevent the the, the, the dormancy of a shareholder mm. long before it should ever happen. So, and I think I think that that that's, that it, it's a key role that registrars like Link like, yeah. like Link can play in, in ensuring that, that assets don't become dormant exactly. in the first place. I, I think that the first priority of the uh, of the scheme, and it is for the banking scheme at the moment is to reunite shareholders with their shares or bank account holders with their with, with their bank account. It's only when that when that exercise proves unsuccessful that then you can think about how you then use those use those funds. And as you said, the scheme we're setting up is voluntary. Mm. Companies are not going to be obligated to actually actually do it. But what we're trying to do is set up a very simple, cost effective way for companies to actually give those Dormant asset funds to good causes. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think, um, obviously, take take on board completely. This is going to be a voluntary program, but I'm just wondering, Robert, in in the current environment where there is so much focus on social responsibility and companies and individuals doing as much as they can to promote that, is there going to be any reporting obligation, or are companies going to be required to demonstrate perhaps that they have established? A That's a very good question. It, it's really, it's a really good. It is a really good question, and we did have a conversation with the FRC. Um, it, it was, it was, it was actually after the the two thousand and eighteen code code came out. They were they were supportive of, of of the idea of of asking companies or requiring companies to actually report on dormant assets. So, And what we talked to them about was that companies could say how much dormant assets they actually have and how, mu- how much they'd actually then of that given, given to, to good causes or how they'd use that money. And I think if we can create transparency around this issue, around the size of the pool of dormant assets that are there, how companies are using it, that that peer pressure will then encourage more and more companies to actually use their use their dormant assets for good causes, and whether that's with the government scheme or whether it's with 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 their own with their own plans and their own ideas, that that sort of it doesn't really matter to tell you the truth. It's the fact that they're being used used in the right way. What's your view, uh, Robert, on the argument of Section One Seventy Two and the director's obligation? to the company, the best best use of assets, if you like, or the best use, or what's what's best for the stakeholders. I think I think it's, it's an interest it's an interesting debate, and it's it's really an ethical debate, and the mm. ethical debate is around who owns those those funds. Yeah. So they are they're funds which are effectively owned by an individual. That individual has lost contact with with the company. They've then we then tried to trace them and try to find them and try to reunite them, but we still can't do it. But then the question is, who owns those those assets? To me, it doesn't seem right that they go back into the company. 
They aren't really the company's assets. And with such a strong sort of focus on corporate reputation and, and, and companies' roles in society, it just seems an ideal opportunity for companies to do the right thing, to enhance their reputations, by actually giving these monies to good causes. Yeah. And I think um, <clears throat> from a regulatory perspective, I guess one thing that's occurred to me is... Um, this is potentially, if we're looking at securities, pension arrangements, etc., um, there must be some um, verification that companies will need to do to check that there isn't anything, say, in their plan rules or their articles, etc., which would cut across them doing this. Is, mm-hmm. is there going to be guidance yeah. on the re- from the um, regulatory <coughs> legal side? One, one of the issues that, that we've looked at, and we did do some research, we looked at um, FTSE 100 articles, so we looked at every FTSE 100 article, just to see what they'd got in there about mm. share forfeiture uh, and, and also to sort of see how companies were dealing, dealing with dormancy. It's interesting, I think 90, 90 of the FTSE 100 have clauses around share forfeiture and there's about 10 that, 10, 10 that don't. They do differ, they do differ. And I think that if, if, if companies at the moment, a lot of, a lot of companies, let's say, try to participate in the dormant assets scheme, and they tried to give funds to the reclaim fund, their articles may not allow them to do it mm-hmm. at the moment. So a lot of articles are, are restrictive on how those, how those monies can be used. And, and some articles also require rather extensive sort of publications. So whenever you do share forfeiture exercises, you have to, you have to advertise in local newspapers yeah. as yeah. well as national newspapers. Mm-hmm. And it's A, it's an administrative burden, so B, very costly way of doing it. So what we've, what we've asked the government to consider is actually passing primary legislation. Mm-hmm. So primary legislation that would allow companies to participate in, in the dormant asset scheme that would, that would, that would define the dormancy in, 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 in a, very, a very consistent manner that would then require them to do track and trace to, to find them. If they can't then be found, it would allow those monies to then be given to the reclaim fund. So that would that would that would standardise the approach, make it very easy for companies to participate. So companies wouldn't have to go and change their articles and have the have the inconvenience of going back to yeah. shareholders to yeah. do this, which would delay delay everything and, and put an obstacle in the way. So we're very keen to try to make this as easy and simple as possible. Yeah. With regard to other asset classes, Robert, I'm thinking more. Um, like corporate sponsored nominees, we've looked at the mm. cash rules uh, yeah. for the FCA. Have you have you got a, a view or a, 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 an idea about what's happening with the FCA about changing some of the cash rules to allow for for those assets to be? Again, with corporate sponsored nominees, as, as you know, that the difficulty really is that corporate sponsored corporate sponsored nominees, where you, where they do have a dormant dormant account, they can actually give the money to charities. Mm. Unfortunately, obviously, if the shareholder then that then comes and asks their money, they can then have to have it back. So yeah. none that none that none of the corporate responsibilities obviously do that. Mm. It's too too much risk involved. Yeah. So what we've what we've asked in the report is for the FCA to amend the cash rules to allow those monies to be paid to the reclaim fund. And so that then, if there is a claim on the uh, on the corporate responsibility, it's the reclaim fund that will then meet that liability. Excellent. Yeah, I think think 
we've talked a lot about the reclaim fund meeting meeting that liability. I think one of the key tenants of the uh, uh, of the dormant asset scheme is this idea of sort of um, being able to reclaim in perpetuity. Yeah. And I think what if I, if I take the example of Tesco, what what and Tesco is not not unique in this, and other companies do it. Our articles say that if we do forfeit shares, then the shareholder has no claim against us at all. Mm. Because, because we think it's the right thing, and some of our shareholders are also our customers, where we do have claims, we, we've agreed to pay those claims for a period of time. Yeah. But what we do do is we only pay the amount that, that we got for the shares at that particular time at, the, at that share price. So if you come back 12 months later and the share price has risen, you get the sh- previous share yeah, price. Yeah. What the what the dormant assets scheme is, is proposing is proposing one of the key tenants of it is that where money is going to the reclaim fund and an individual makes a claim, that they get back the amount of money as if they'd never ever been in the reclaim fund. Yeah. So if I was a shareholder and uh, my my assets described as dormant, it goes to the reclaim fund. I make a reclaim in five, ten, twenty, thirty. 50 years' time, whatever it happens to be, I will get the share price at that particular date, 50 mm-hmm. years hence. I'll get all the dividends that have been paid in the, in the meantime, mm-hmm. and, and any corporate action, the benefits of any corporate actions. So I'm effectively been put in exactly the same position I would have been had, had my shares not, not been forfeited and not gone into dormant. And I think that that, that shareholder protection element of mm-hmm. it is a, is a key element of it, and, and something which... Great. Tesco couldn't offer. We just no. couldn't offer it in perpetuity. Mm. No, that's a very, very good point. Well made. Yeah. So moving on, I'd like to ask you, if I may, what what are the five most important things you think that companies should be thinking about when it comes to considering the dormancy of shareholders or the the, the reunification of assets, that type of thing? I think at the moment. I mean, sorry. I, you asked me a question previously about where we are at the moment yeah. in the process, and it sort of it leads yeah. in, 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 in into that. So, what we've done is there's a there's a report which we produced back in April, which sets out a blueprint for how securities could be part of the dormant, dormant asset scheme. The government is currently considering that, and 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 we we hope that uh, that they'll come they'll, they'll come up with a response. Quite soon, and in that there, there's all the changes around legislation, and there's there's things for industry to do, there's things for regulators to do, and there's things for government government to do as well. But I think in the meantime, while this is happening, there are things that companies can do. So companies can, as Jay said previously, review their shareholder bases. Mm-hmm. So look look at their shareholder base, and are there are there are there shareholders where dividends are being returned? Mm-hmm. or where mail is being returned from a reg- registered address. And think about whether we should be trying to then be making contact making contact with them. Uh, and, con- and then you have to consider how you're going to make that contact with them. And are you going to, are you going to use a search agency? Are you going to do it yourself and just write, write for last, last address? Or are you going to make more efforts to actually, actually find them? I think you should also look at your articles and just see what your articles say and think, can we do share forfeiture at the moment? What would be the difficulties of it? 
And the only reason I say that is just in case the government decides not to pass primary legislation, yeah. we may have yeah. to revert, revert, revert back to it. My fingers are crossed at the moment, and in, in uh, I hope that's the way we, where we turn out. It will make the process so much more simpler. And then, and then start to talk within the business about how you would participate or whether you would participate in it. Start raising that awareness of it and start thinking about the scheme and how that could be a bit of a benefit to the company and how you would then administer it. Um, and I think they're, the, they're, they're probably the key issues that, right. that, 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 I, that, that I think about I think about at the moment. And I suppose the other thing is just watch this space. Yeah. There will be communications coming out from the government yeah. in response to the report that was made. And just keep monitoring it. And we'll do more things like this. And, yeah. and one, one of the key things, and Jay, Jay spoke about it before, is, is how we communicate this mm. scheme. I think when you did when you did the the, the 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 survey, I can't remember exactly, but it's probably less than half of people were actually aware of aware of the dormant Absolutely. asset scheme. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And 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 we registrars industry need to need to raise that awareness. And we're also talking to government about sort of developing a suite of documents that companies could then use within 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 the groups to to actually promote it. And create that sort of consistent message yeah. about how we're going to how we how we're going to find dormancy, how we're going to find shareholders, mm. how funds are going to be placed into the reclaim fund, and finally how it's going to good causes. So there's that holistic approach to it and a consistent approach to it. And I think that's key. There's no point in having the most fantastic scheme in the world if nobody's aware of it. Exactly. Well, thank you very much, Robert. I think that that's that's incredibly interesting, and I think actually. What I would take away from that is, is really what you said in your last few comments, that it is all about understanding, educating companies and finding a standardised approach um, and getting the communication out there. It really does sound like it's, it's a no-brainer in terms of the results um, that are driven and also the focus at the moment on social responsibility and corporate reputations. Um, so let's hope we look forward to hearing much more coming from the Commission in the near future. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast description for more information on this episode's guests and presenters. And if you want to get in touch with any of us, we'd love to hear from you.